<laughs> Welcome to the Chapman Church Podcast. My name is Martin Holman, and, or Marty Holman for short, or that big that's, dummy. That's a good question. Do you prefer Marty or Martin? Uh, well, so my author name is Martin. However, people normally call me Marty. I tried in college to have people call me Martin, and they did for a while. A lot of females call me Martin, and most males call me Marty. I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's a, or at least that was like that in college. I just kind of uh, succumbed to the Marty. But this is Ryan Thompson. So, so but when I, I you want show you on the podcast, would you like me to call you Marty or Martin? Like, how much do you like our audience? Because if like you want to keep things all stiff and formal, maybe you go with Martin. But if you actually like them and actually love them for who they really are, maybe you'll go with Marty. So I just want to say I'm not leading you in any that you're leading <laughs> and you are a direction. male, a privileged male. So therefore, ah uh, yes, I did say that in the last episode. <laughs> so right. therefore, you like Marty apparently. Yeah, there you makes, go, Marty. It, it's it's definitely more informal, right? Plus, then when your dad comes to town, I call you Martin, and I, I'm just, I'm, I get confused. It's... Except his name is Marty. He also goes by Marty. Most people call him Marty or Pastor Marty or Pastor. Well, it's funny because around here, you know, when he would come and speak, you know, I felt like everyone around here would call him Martin. But I don't know. Is that, is that not true? Maybe it was just me. I think uh, Pastor Marty is usually what people end up calling him. That's, that's... Uh... Well, you guys got to work that out because the rest of us over here, we're, we're a little confused. I have a good question for you. <laughs> okay. Do you like community cookouts? Yeah, community cookouts are awesome. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have this thing at our church, at Chaffin Church, called community cookouts. And every week, every Thursday during the summer, people come together and they just, we just have a cookout. We just hang out. Um, so we've had it at the Cohanes, at Alba Irizarry's house, the Dancy's, the Rogers, uh, here at Chaffin Church. The Greens hosted one here. That was a pizza party. And I've seen you at a few of them. Look like you have, but you're kind of a quiet individual sometimes. I, I do. I do get quiet sometimes. And I sense that you're reading the room. So when you're reading the room, I'm reading you. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I do. I do read the room before I just charge in and start saying things. You're right. You're right. That's not a bad thing. Like, not everybody has to be me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, when, sometimes when I make that sound, like this morning I was listening to Maddie in the Morning, the show on Kiss One Away, because I was in the van driving around Worcester, uh, in a van driving around Worcester, and they laughed and they had this, like, so natural, like, bantering going back and forth and then when i just laughed i felt so unnatural i sounded more like mrs doubtfire <laughs> and i don't want to sound like you mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> so, my I, mom is obsessed with that movie by the way really like, it's it's literally her favorite movie yeah really i thought it was a good movie i i don't know if it's my favorite but it's it's good my it's wife like, likes it very much she talks yeah. about it a lot and she wants to someday show our kids when they're old enough and I have yet to tell her that I have not watched the whole thing. <laughs> oh, really? I have not oh, watched the whole thing. No, I, it's good. It's good. Um, just for reasons unknown, I just yeah, haven't watched it. 
So you like them, you like to, to yeah, hang and, out. And this one is actually, and, and I, I don't want to steal your thunder for announcements later, but this one is going to be right down the street from where I live. So, so by the time we put this out, it will be past tense. So I'm not, I wasn't even going to say that. Right. I keep forgetting that like we're recording these and they're going to launch in a few days Yeah, because that one is actually tonight. That, that community quick up is, is tonight as in tonight for us. It's not tonight for you. When you, when you hear this, when is, where is that one again? The one for next week? The one for future Ryan and future Marty. Oh, future. Uh, I believe <laughs> it's at future Marty's house. Really? I, I know it's coming up. So that would be what the 22nd and I'm almost certain it will be at future Martin and future future Marty and future Carrie's house. And <laughs> you almost, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's natural bantering. That's natural bantering. I like it so much. Okay. I'm going to catch you every time you say it. Now. <laughs> We're going to say Marty. Oh, so, man. okay. So it's, it's funny. Never mind. I'm not going to bring that up, but I tell you what I will bring up. A story that happened to me and it will transition into our conversation today this week uh, so I was talking earlier about being in a van this week I'm helping Darlene Layton who is the food service director at Friendly House in Worcester and just real quick just for context for the story yeah what does Friendly House do they are essentially a nonprofit organization that uh, that helps meet educational needs and other and social needs of uh, of kids and adults in um, in I guess in need in the Worcester area. Okay, so I don't exactly have their their mantra down, but I will say that um, that's they do a great job in meeting social needs. And the food service program actually feeds kids uh, lunches all throughout Worcester uh, and breakfast and lunch all throughout Worcester and parks and. and other nonprofit organizations uh, like boys and girls clubs and, and whatnot and so that's what I do and that's kind of I, I take lunches I transfer lunches to those nonprofit and you are a volunteer uh, for friendly house. so no I'm not in the summers I, I have volunteered uh, like during COVID I volunteered okay uh, but in the summer I actually do it as a driver and they, oh, okay. they, they actually have uh, means to pay their drivers and pay their their workers there so it's a whole system of a summer program okay i think that the state in some way massachusetts helps and to take care of that gotcha gotcha so on monday rain cats and dogs and it came was coming down hard like of course friday was the hurricane and monday was just coming down so hard and so sometimes when i'm driving anywhere i i take my phone and I put it underneath my leg for reasons only known to me and even me, I have a hard time figuring out why I do that. And so I had it underneath my leg and sometimes I forget about it and I get out of the car vehicle and I do the thing that whatever I have to do. So I think that's what happened. I got out, I took the coolers to the girls club on Providence street in Worcester, beautiful building there right in the Vernon Hill area. So we get in and I realize I don't have my phone. So I'm like, oh, I don't know where my phone is. Once again, it's pouring. So I don't get out of the car. I don't think about it being out of the car. Mm -hmm. I then ask 
the kid who's next to me to text the food service director, Darlene, and see if, it, if she has any other van. We had changed vans. And so during that time, I drove thinking, oh, it's probably in the other van. And we drove to the next location. So we get to the next location, which was uh, a Catholic church or like a, a center for kids right. at a Catholic church there on Vernon Street. And we realized, we take the cooler in and all that, we realize the phone is not with us. And Darlene calls back and says, the phone is not there. So I'm like, all right. Well, all of a sudden, the, I realize the phone is not around because my Apple Watch is registering, is not connected to my phone. Oh, and before it was. So I'm like, oh, it almost has to be back there. I bet I dropped it. So we went back to the girls' club. And lo and behold, I see a shiny object on the ground in the midst of the rain. We go out and get it, and it has 15 lines. Uh, like, it's just... And, ba, ba, ba. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And it's, it's cracked everywhere, and I realized I had, the first time I left, I drove over it in this... So, so you now are. I have to ask, did you create a, a small yellow tape outline around <laughs> where the phone was? <laughs> I, I, did you cover it with a sheet so that the media can take no, pictures I, of it? It was so gory and horrible. It was disgusting. <laughs> Nobody likes to see that. Nobody likes to see that. And so for a while I thought, oh, I, it might still work even though there's a lot of cracks. Mm -hmm. But then the 15 lines turned into that deep dark blackness oh. that nobody wants to see. And so it has been now 72 hours at the, the present filming, 72 hours since I've had my phone. I do have my iPad and I do have my Apple Watch, which is not helping at all in terms of this uh, communication. And of course, I can check my voicemails. But what that has done and what I want to do today is talk about how phones and maybe to a more specific degree, uh, the social media has impacted our lives. And I don't necessarily want to talk about it positively because what I'm realizing, even now, even in the last 72 hours, is how much, first of all, how much I've reached for my pocket. Yeah. Right? I mean, the first 24 hours, was like, I think I told you this yeah. before, I just kept reaching for it. I just kept trying to take it out. Just kept, I had no reason for it. There was no reason. There was nothing, no one trying to communicate with me that I knew of. I would just go after my box. Yeah. And so here we are in a world, now that I have time to process, in a world where, where people are first of all on their phone and not being present, where many times parents are ignoring their kids and I'm, I'm not judging because where my own kids are going, daddy, are you going to be off your phone yet? Well, they haven't said that in the last 72 hours. Mm -hmm. In fact, we even said, I even talked to them about this and my oldest daughter, Scarlett said, well, daddy, you still have your iPad. And I'm like, yeah, I, but there, there is work that needs to be done. Yeah, like every story I hear, your kids are like, they're really hard. They are. Well, they, they have high expectations and we put that into them too. I, I mean, mean, it's tough love, but it's still, it's still tough. You it's know? tough, right? <laughs> and so that's where we're at. And that's what I want to discuss today on this 
Now, what is what is your first take on what I've said so far? Well, as someone who has removed himself from all social media other than LinkedIn, and that's an exception, we'll, we'll might get into that a little bit later, but um, I removed myself from all social media that exists for social, like personal purposes rather. Um, as someone who's done that, um, I can tell you that my life is is better now than it was before I removed myself from those social networks. And uh, so I don't think that's necessarily a one size fits all, but I think the standard way that Americans use social media is um, is causing many issues, you know, mental health issues, relational issues, um, and uh, you know, data privacy issues. So my my take is that the effects of social media in our lives are predominantly negative. So two questions. You and maybe I can only remember one, but I'll say the first one first. You said Americans. Is that because this is where you live or do you have data backed on? Because when I've gone to other countries, yeah. like there are tons of people from other countries on their phone all the time. Yeah, and, and, and really, I guess it was just a poor choice of words. I, I think, well now, well, these are almost entirely American companies. You have TikTok based in China, right? You have, you have, you have a few others that are, okay. you know, I think there was one based in India, was it? Uh, Snapchat is US, no, yeah, I don't know. But most of most of the the big social media companies are U.S. based, um, so maybe there's a little something to that. But you're right; it's this is this is worldwide. We're not we're not just talking about um, Americans here. Yeah. Okay. So the second question is this: Do you think it's a phone issue, or is there something is there something specifically about social media? Yeah. So so. Um, and, and I was going to go into this later, but I'll, I'll bring up this point now. Um, I think uh, I think it is predominantly, for me at least, and I, this may not be true for everyone, but for me, it's definitely a social media issue because I still have my phone and I I, I use it daily, you know, but, but really like the things I'm using it for, like reminders, calendar, calculator, I do, you know, text messages, some email, if it's if it's a short email that I can just very quickly read through, um, but like now I'm using my phone like fifteen minutes a day, maybe maybe twenty on a on a on a heavy usage day, uh, whereas before I was using my phone for several hours, you know, and so um, but even even the things that I use my phone for, um, again every every app we use has has trade offs, right? That has advantages and disadvantages. Now I'm kind of locked into the Google ecosystem, so I use Gmail and Calendar and all that stuff on Google. Yeah. And so when you use Google uh, Cloud products, you are trading, or at least on the personal side, not not the business side. But if you use Google Cloud products for personal, the trade-off is data privacy. Right. right. Like right. you're you're allowing uh, Google's algorithms to use your data to pitch you advertising. And so, you know, um, the product is not, you know, uh, Google, Google, um, you know, Gmail or Google Calendar. Yeah. We are the product being marketed to companies, our advertising attention, right? Yeah. And so um, now for, for Google, I think that's worth it, you know, because 
the, the level of quality of these Google products. And Google products, as far as I know, are not designed to cause addiction to, to the product, right? Like their right. Google Calendar and email. Now, personally, I need some sort of digital calendar to, to just, yes, to just live these days. I'm, I'm, I would just be an absent-minded fool without them. And uh, before I got a Google Calendar when I was in college, I regularly was. And so, <laughs> um, so that sort of relates to you know, social media, right? And we'll, we'll get into this a little bit, but the, the, the trade-offs are more drastic. And so, like, the benefits that you get out of social media, that, that level of connection is, is majorly offset by these other factors. And I, and I don't want to get too deep into that yet. But, but. Well, I, it, I think it's the difference between being the tool and using a tool, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, on the Google things, I think you're right. They are, you are using really high-value tools However, when we are flipping through social media, and, and maybe this is the direction we can head, there, there, there are things that happen to you. There are things that happen to me that, and they engineer them this way, right? To draw our attention in and to keep us enveloped into this ecosystem. Uh, and we can start with Facebook, yeah, where they want our attention. Mm-hmm. They want us to be in there. And I remember in, in 2000s, I mean, you have a, a story, I think you were on it. Well, maybe we got in about the same time, but okay. um, in two different ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you kind of grew up into this as a young kid, and I was learning about this as a young adult, and it was just amazing. Like My, my eyes were like, yeah. wow, this is I remember classmates.com, right? Which was something interesting. Oh, I haven't seen some of these people, but all of a sudden, but you had to pay for that. Mm-hmm. And then facebook.com brought this into our lives. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to get back in touch with those people. And so people just thronged to Facebook. And you're not on Facebook at all now. No, I'm not on any personal social media, so I'm not on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, I'm not on any of that. So, um, must be destroying your life. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what a lot of people told me that, like, that was, Ugh. you know, their reaction. Um, but yeah, I think you brought up a good point there about, um, you know, like, these products are literally designed to, to dig neural pathways into our brain through the use of like dopamine. So for instance, like the newsfeed, like how it's endlessly scrolling. Right. And and the, the reason it's endlessly scrolling, and the reason you get you get like hooked onto that is because you know some of those things you see, like you it might cause you to laugh or or you know see someone you haven't seen in a while, but but some of them it's like you feel like you have to keep going to keep accomplishing. Yeah. You know? And then when you swipe to the top, that little elastic motion, you know what I mean? And that little pinwheel comes up, the little spinny pinwheel. Yeah. And that is all designed to take advantage of uh, dopamine uh, in our brain. And um, and I don't, I don't want to get like too deep into the science or anything here, but 
like basically the theory is the human brain there are four primary happy chemicals okay so there's and and the the acronym to remember is edso edso endorphins dopamine serotonin and oxytocin Marty's literally checking Facebook as we are talking. Well, I, I wanted, I wanted to. I'm, I'm thinking about some of these things yeah, that you said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, um, so those are the four primary happy chemicals, and the two that that social media um, sort of sort of tend to bring the most out of a person is dopamine by far. That that's the mo that's the the highest. And again, I'm talking about people, um, scientists doing blood tests on people as they are using social media. So this is how they know uh, how they're triggering these, these uh, chemicals and the levels of those chemicals. Wow. And then uh, oxytocin is the other one. Dopamine is sort of like um, before a dopamine inducing event, it can motivate you. Yeah. And then after a dopamine inducing event, it can, it's, it's, sometimes it can be you know, described as like a feeling of achievement, you know, uh, that, that, can, uh, and that feeling of achievement you can get addicted to. Um, and then, um, so again, that's the most common, that's the most common, uh, chemical reaction that's happening in your brain when pretty much anyone is using social media. And then the other one is oxytocin and oxytocin is sort of like the, uh, the community chemical or the cooperation chemical. Yeah. Some, some people associate it with the warm and fuzzies that you get when you're, when you're close with someone, but literally, um, like. Oxytocin is the chemical that helped to build human civilization on this planet. And, and without right. it, humans never would have formed into tribes and then, you know, um, uh, groups of tribes and then nations and then empire. You know, all, all, yeah. none of those things would have happened uh, without oxytocin. Um, but it's funny, like when Facebook markets their product, right? Um, yeah. and, and I think I used this example with you when we were talking the other day. Um, the commercial that I regularly see is um, it's it's a Facebook group for uh, deaf basketball players, and it's all, it's all on on Hulu. Um, yeah. Whenever I'm watching Hulu with the ads, that's the one that comes up over and over and over again. And I think you're supposed to get this warm and fuzzy feeling from just watching the commercial, right? Um, that that these you know um, deaf basketball players can can have their own little group. And I yeah. think on some level, we are supposed to believe that, um, that they wouldn't have that without Facebook. And so that's, that's sort of like just an example. They're, 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 they're playing on the oxytocin thing, but, but really, again, it's the dopamine that keeps bringing us back again and again. Like when I was on social media, I would reach for my phone. I, didn't even, I wasn't even conscious of how many times per day I would open my phone, yeah. take my phone out of my pocket and just check that blue little icon, you know, yeah. and there would be a little red, you know, number on yes. the top, right? And all of those things have been wired into my brain to the point where when I left social media, I left social media in September of 2020, September 1st, 2020, um, for the, I think it was a whole month, maybe even two months, I would take out my phone and... I would think to myself, I have to do something with my phone. I don't know what it is, but I feel like oh, I feel man. like I have to do something with my phone right now. And oh. then I would realize that I was actually looking for the Facebook icon because that neural pathway was written into my brain, you know, from all those dopamine hits over yeah. the years. 
um, and I just couldn't get away from it. And so, so I'm taking out my phone for, for essentially no reason. I feel like I'm one of Pavlov's dogs. Like, you know, it, it's just, it's just, you know, really, really um, crazy. Were you the one who told me that if you, was it the other night, uh, who told me that if I decided to get off social media, that there's a way to have emails sent, or was that somebody else? That was me. So, so, and we, we can we can definitely get into that. Well, I, here's I, what before I know you're, what you're gonna say. Yeah. But let me, I'm getting those emails, and I've just not had my phone for three days, seventy-two mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. I didn't request anything. I haven't asked for anything, and I'm getting a flood of things that would normally go into my social media and they're going to my email automatically. <laughs> right? Like, like I didn't ask, I didn't request. Facebook, Hulu, um, ESPN, a ton of my apps are currently sending me emails and I didn't ask or request any of them. They're, it's, they're brand new, they're brand new in the last two days. Yeah, there must be some algorithm <laughs> trying to get you to, you know, to come back on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so when I left social media, I did, I did the fire sale. I'm just done. I'm going to get off of cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I got rid of everything all at once. Now it wasn't super sudden. I actually, um, I decided at the beginning of August of last year right. yep. that I was going to leave. And yep. so once a week I sent out a Facebook post that said, Hey, just to let you know, I'm, I'm going to be leaving on September 1st, you know, um, I just, I'm just going to send out a couple of these posts just so that people know that, um, you know, if you don't find me on your friends list, I haven't blocked you, you know? Um, and, and I was actually just, uh, messaging Marty about this the other day yeah. and I, I kind of dropped a joke. I, I told him, he was like, Oh, should, should I maybe leave social media? You know? And I said, well, you know, it, it's just a couple clicks and a bunch of you know phone calls from your friends that are mad at you because you because uh, you blocked them away you know <laughs> yeah that is like because uh, that's what happened so I even though I posted I did four posts saying hey I'm getting rid of Facebook I'm getting rid of Facebook you know on September first and I know there's some there's a weird ridiculous irony about making a Facebook post to say you're getting rid of, of your Facebook. And there is actually a really funny college humor video about that, by the way. I actually don't have a problem with it. I, if you, if you then follow through with that, what I see yeah. is a lot of people do that. Like, and what I almost make fun of is a lot of people do that. Like I'm taking a break and they don't take a break. Like they're, they actually, like I've literally just a few weeks, Weeks ago, I saw somebody say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm going on a month-long fast," and then a week later, there was a rush of new, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, you sent out a post," and I look back to see if that person deleted it, and they hadn't. Yeah. Like, and it's just so, and that just shows you how this was a pastor. Like, so there's yeah. a character issue there. Like, like how addictive this is, uh, and how addictive it can be. So props to you for going cold turkey and, and being off. Well, what Facebook in particular, they, what they actually do is, and I, I, this, is, this is like just really bad. So what they do is they give you 90 days 
after you delete your Facebook account where you can still come back on and all of your data will just magically reappear. Oh man. So you have 90 days and and so and I think they have figured out that if they give people 90 days, a lot of people will come back before the 90 days is up. So this is a way that they can, you know, keep those, you know, those subscribers, those those regular users because again, Facebook makes their money. We, we all know this, but I'm, I'm just going to say this so that we can all penetrate our, our ears here. Yeah. So Facebook makes their money, almost all of their money, through advertising. And um, I, think, um, I think last year it was like $18 billion or something they made just through advertising on the Facebook platform. Predominantly, that is companies or you know um, individuals who want to promote themselves will pay Facebook to have ads, and and you can target those ads um, to particular subsets of of people. Yeah, you know, and so that is how Facebook makes their money. So when you leave Facebook, right? Yeah. This is this is a financial loss yeah. for Facebook. Maybe it's only a couple dollars a year for them, but if enough people leave, yeah. again, you're talking about $17 billion of business in a year, just from the advertising. I'm sure they have other income streams. Um, and, and of course they have multiple platforms, right? That's just from Facebook right yeah. now. Um, so, yeah. And then the more money that they're making, the more they can spend keeping you on the platform. Right. Right. I right. mean, and and so obviously they have the world's best engineers, you know, some of those, the world's best engineers, the world's best people, mm -hmm. um, brightest minds out of Harvard and, and, and all the big league colleges and, and engineering schools and they hire them and then they target us. Um, and so it very well is a, a huge manipulation. And that we've allowed, that we've allowed. Yeah, I mean, we've allowed it. And see, initially, and, and this is actually part of Mark Zuckerberg's story. You can, you can read all about this. So he sort of accidentally stumbled onto these ways where you can sort of take advantage of people's addiction to their own dopamine response. You know, mm. by the way, that dopamine response is the same uh, chemical that go courses through veins of, um, of opiate addicts and um, and, and all sorts of uh, drug addicts and so um, but you know they're higher you know so Mark Zuckerberg may have stumbled upon that accidentally right or maybe his engineers did and he just talked about it but now they're they literally hire behavioral psychologists to help them do this more how can we how can we get people like literally addicted to that to that good feeling you know, um, th this is, it's very similar to, you know, Coca-Cola and Pepsi adding caffeine to their products, you know, yeah. and they sort of do it stealthily. It's not written big on the label or on the box. It's written in tiny print, like way below yeah. the, uh, the, the nutrition label, caffeine content equals whatever, 33 milligrams or whatever it is per can. Yep. And, um, you know, people, people are like, oh, I feel good when I have a Coke. I feel good when I have a Pepsi, right? It's because it has caffeine in it, right? And right. so it's more than just, it's more than just the taste of the product. And, and I think for Facebook, it's, it's very similar. It's more than just, 
so much more than just an online directory, right? And I think in our minds, that's what we sort of think of Facebook as. This is an online directory where I can just sort of like keep up with my friends and everything. Yeah. But there is so much going on, like kind of like, you know, the, the, the iceberg, 90% of it is below the water, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think that's what we have here. We only see that 10% of, of the iceberg above the water, you know, and there's so much more. So a question I, I just thought of that I think is, is a really interesting um, ethical issue. Mm. Is if this is going on, if we know, oh, and we know that there are that we are in some way the tools, and we are the re, like we are being held captive in like mm -hmm. not physically but emotionally and whatnot. Then how ethical is it, or not? I guess this is a longer discussion, but for like churches to use Facebook, right, and to be a part of that that community. Um, yeah. and organizations, I mean, everybody uses social media. One of the things I'm thinking of, even through, even me taking a step off now that I've, you know, been away from my phone for a few days is, all right, well, do I still need to, um, keep my accounts for church marketing? Right. And, and, yeah. and so how does that look? Well, I mean, what do you think? <sighs> I, th yeah, I don't, I don't even have a good answer for that because like on the one hand, I think a lot of churches, well, just organizations in general across, across the spectrum, not just religious organizations, Correct. you know, Facebook marketing, even just Facebook, but, but social media marketing as well as a whole, that is a major, major portion of of many people's, you know, portfolios, you know, you kind of got the Google marketing thing, which, yeah, it's not really based on addiction, but there, there's other, there's other issues with that that we can talk about in another episode, but like, um, but yeah, but Facebook that you're right. I don't, I don't know that I have a good answer to that other than to say, um, most, most of the pastors that, that I talk to or people in general who have gotten off Facebook, a lot of them uh, have to use social media at their workplace, have to have a work Facebook account or access a work Facebook account to right. uh, do this advertising. And so it's sort of like, well, it's there, it's not going away, even though I've left it. You know? So it's like, <laughs> it's a very tricky, uh, tricky thing that, um, I don't know, what, what do you think? So I've been like, as I think about it, it I wonder the, the science says, and they're using science, right? Or sociology, if you will, yeah, yeah. to connect and affect. Now, organizations have done this, including the church, for years, for maybe all of history, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They find an advantage. The, let's, let's use the Catholic Church as an example. The systematic way in which they do the same things over and over, they build a system, and once again, this is not me judging, this is just, when you go into a Catholic Church, you are, so the message is that this is of God, and so you are getting the, essentially the same thing. So you're getting what I, what I would guess 
the O, the group connect, mm -hmm. uh, as you go in to Catholic Church and you are connecting to God in that way, right? And every day or every week you go into a Catholic Church, you're essentially getting the same experience, that connection to God. So organizations, Christian and otherwise, have done this for years. So now that science knows it, and now that the general population knows it, is it wrong, is it right? Uh, you know, people still smoke. Mm. Everybody in the world knows, including teenagers at this point, that there are major addiction issues with smoking. It's no longer like, you know, in the movies in the 40s and 50s, everybody did it. It was just kind of the cool thing to do. And it launched into an epidemic of smoking. So then we have a scenario where we, knowledge is power. I still drink soda. I know it's there. I know it's, there are, there's a way in which it's addictive. So I guess it's the now what? Now what do we do? It's not a sin to get on Facebook. No, it's not. It's not a sin, right? Uh, it's not a sin. We're not talking about sin or, or character issues. Um, but I guess this leads us to our next, our, our next and final section here. Uh, I read Donald Miller's book, Story. It's a little bit of marketing he's talking about. And he talks about what a story is. And a story is a character. And let's call that character you or I. Who wants something. And let's call that thing that we want a good relationship or healthy living in general. A good relationship either with friends, with family, with God. And that person encounters a problem before they can encounter that uh, good relationship or that healthy living. The problem in this scenario is social media. At the peak of their despair, a guide steps into their lives, gives them a plan, and calls them to action. That action helps them to avoid failure and ends in success. So, for the next few minutes, allow Ryan and I to be that guide and to offer some steps and give you a plan and call you in some way to action. Do you have any thoughts, Ryan, on what it means to be healthy in regards to social media? Yeah, so, so first of all, what I'm about to say, um, again, like you, you said it right, social media is not sinful. I don't even think it's, I don't think it's wrong to even have a social media account. But I think at the very least, we have to be very careful about the way that we use it and the way that we approach it. Because, I mean, some people have said this about technology, and I'm, I'm in IT, so I, I hear you know, people talking about technology. Like, I hear pastors talking about technology. Well, as long as you use technology for God's glory, then it'll all be okay, right? And, like, technically that's true, but it's way more complicated than that. Yeah. Like, for instance, like, like nuclear weapons, right? Like, sorry, I know that's a jump, but we're jumping. So, uh, <laughs> you just jumped the shark. Nuclear weapons, right? Like, um, people can say all day, right, that, oh, well, technology has no moral value, it, you know, until a human being uses it, and then he imputes that moral value on the, te you know, with the technology or whatever. Yeah. Right? But that, like, the very fact that nuclear weapons exist is a threat to human existence on this 
planet, like in, in this in this galaxy, this universe, right? Yes. Um, and and it's also you know the the fact that nuclear weapons exist is a love issue, like. There is absolutely no practical reason for nuclear weapons to exist that allow us to like love other people. All they can lead to at all is suffering. Like even storing them is bad. It's bad for the environment. Even having them, it's already bad, right? Yeah. And so um, I think like with modern technology, it is no longer possible to say that technology is amoral that is it has no moral value the technology itself because of the ways in which it is intended to be used uh, from from the people that own it and the people who kind of like receive whatever the technology puts out um, all of that has uh, value because it's technology has so, such wide-ranging effects now yeah. you know could you say that about a bow and arrow Maybe, I don't know, that, that's another question for another time. But I think Facebook itself, just the fact that it exists, does have some sort of value. I'm not gonna tell you what that is, because I, I don't know that I can encapsulate that, but um, anyway, so I, I think, I think um, if you wanna just do the safe thing, like just don't, don't use social media. Like if you, if you just, if you don't wanna experience any of those negative effects, you don't want to delve into the trade-offs. Hey, what's good about this? What's bad? How can I maximize the good things about this and avoid all the bad things? Um, I do think there is a way, and Marty actually brought this up earlier. Um, to now, Facebook, for instance, does this. Um, I'm not really sure about all these other social media networks, but Facebook, I know you can do this. In your settings on Facebook, you can actually set up a um, an email that either triggers the moment something happens or you can trigger it to be daily or weekly or whatever of uh, particular information that you want to receive. So that can be about particular people, it can be about particular Facebook pages, you can decide to not get any notifications about um, people posting videos or photos if that's what you don't want and maybe you only get like the life updates or the birthday reminders, right? Mm -hmm. So people can customize this. Um, so that's one way you can get around it. Um, uh, I've seen people do. And so what people do is they'll get the email, yeah. they remove the Facebook app from their phones. They're not constantly taking it out. You know, they promise themselves, I'm not even gonna go on Facebook on my phone anymore. I'm only going to access Facebook through this daily or weekly email I get, yeah. right? And I'm only going to look at the stuff that's in the email and that's it. And so that's one way you can very, very tightly control um, sort of what what you're taking in. Facebook still gets a little bit of that ad revenue, so they're happy and, uh, and it, it all sort of works out that way. But the problem is, I think most people cannot control themselves with it. Mm. They will click one of those links in the email and then they'll start clicking around and they're right back to where they started. They yeah. reinstalled Facebook on their phone because it's just easier that way. And um, so I decided I'm just gonna get rid of it all. And uh, there, there's a Netflix show called The Social Dilemma, which actually talks a lot about what we're talking about today, which if you have not watched The Social Dilemma yet, you have Netflix, uh, please watch it. That, that It's actually really well done. 
Um, and I think they, they, they try to sort of, they started off trying to paint a fair picture. You can even see this in the, the end credits. They started off by trying to paint a fair picture and they just couldn't, they, they could not like justify what these social networks are doing. So uh, please watch that. But that was part of my story. I watched that like earlier on in the summer. And then one of my friends actually left Facebook and he put out a post and said, hey, I'm leaving you know, I'm sort of addicted to this, so I might be back, honestly, you know, but um, I would like to leave entirely. And and I just, I, I saw what, and I, I was like, dang, like, that's really inspiring. And so I was thinking about it for a couple weeks. And by the beginning of August, I, I thought to myself, like, you know what, I, I think I really need to do this as well. So I basically told all my friends that on September 1st, I'm getting rid of it. I put those couple of Facebook posts out there and got rid of all my social media. And so, and, 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 you know, my friends, a lot of my close friends were like, no, don't get rid of it. Like we're all on here. Like what about our Facebook thread about, you know, we, we have this Facebook thread for this video game or this Facebook thread <laughs> for this thing. Right. And so I'm like, we can just have a text thread. Like there's no, there's no reason to even do this, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so, so they, they had a harder time, but then later on, like right before I left Facebook, I think they started to realize with like three or four days left to go, they knew I was serious. And one of my friends was actually like deeply offended that I would leave, you know, uh, uh, and you know this person, uh, but he was, he was sort of like poking fun at me, poking fun at me. And then with a couple days left to go, he was just, he was just mad. <laughs> <laughs> that I would leave. He's like, well, this is going to be really inconvenient for me, Ryan. You know, like, <laughs> like that was sort of the, oh, that man. Was sort of the feeling. And wow. so, um, so that, that I happened. assume your, your friend has a phone. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. All and right. so, and so, oh, trust me, I went there, I went there with him. And so, um, anyway, so I got off of social media on September 1st and, um, since then, I there have been a couple times where I've missed it, you know, especially earlier on. Um, one time I for, I forgot somebody's last name. I could not remember their last name. And normally I would just take my phone out, you know, and look up their last name really quickly. But I, I couldn't do it. And I was in a meeting at work. And so I had to tell this person, um, I was like, Jake, and Jake, I don't remember your last name. <laughs> you know, like I had to have one of those. Things, which remember before social media this kind of thing would happen yeah. all the yeah, time yeah. and people were very you know chill about it and yeah. so and to be fair people are still chill about it you know he's like well that's fine you know yeah. whatever his last name was I, I don't remember it now again so you, you know we're, we're back to that but um so can I just well before before I go through a few things that I noticed after I left uh did you did you have anything to add Marty? well I so I would say that the thing that has mostly really well, you're my friend me. too. Have you have you noticed any difference? Like like I mean, to be fair, we live close, right? Right, and and connect to the same church. Um, that being said, I you know we so we play Xbox together, right? right. That's and so there's that, and well, although we haven't been playing, so maybe right, right. maybe it's affected my first person shooter <laughs> game. <laughs> Which is horrible in the first place. But in the last three days, like, it's been 72 hours, right? Which yeah. is not a, a... And I have not made decisions to leave Facebook or social media. 
However, I'm thinking and contemplating this idea of what to lose, what to what to keep, and, and I'm right in the, the thick of this. And what I'm seeing is really kind of intense because I believe that we are shaping a generation behind us that is going to be completely addicted to this technology and will not be compelled or have the skills to be able to get unaddicted. Um, so many of us in my generation were not a part of this technology, right? So we understood that there was life before and it was fine. There were, right. there are things that technology helps us with and whatnot, but this, a new generation, my kids only know this technology. And what I see personally is my kids really more than they want the technology, they want their parents, right? However, a lot of times we have put ourselves in a scenario where we're just not going to give it up, which means they are not going to give it up. Now, if I'm bringing this to the, like to this thinking through the next generation, they I have a, there's a young lady in our youth group here at Chapin. She has had five friends attempt suicide in the last two months. Now, I don't have stats on me right now, but I promise you, maybe, I think maybe you well, don't I have them. them. I do. Yeah, okay. They are unbelievable in regards to the amount of and I'll let you describe it in a few minutes, uh, anxiety and depression that are happening in our teenagers now. And we have to do something about that. We have to. Um, we have to do something about that app that keeps... <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> it's, it's, my, it's, it's my cameras outside, right? It's my, oh, outside of my house. Okay. And so we have, to, we have to do something about it. Um, we have to get off and we have to be present. I feel like, and then I'll, I'll, I'll live this up. I feel like when I was younger, my parents were really strict, right? And so I grew up differently. And as a young adult, I didn't drink. So when I would go to parties and I didn't drink, I was the odd man out mm -hmm. where like everyone was drinking. And the more someone, the more a group of people drink around you, the more they kind of ignore the person who isn't drinking, right? Mm -hmm. uh, at those parties. And I feel like the last three days, when I'm around a group of people and people are on their phones, I feel like I'm that guy again. Like everyone's kind of on their phones and flicking and, um, and I'm just, I haven't been the last couple of days and I feel good about that, but I feel convicted about that mostly because we have to do something for our next generation. You parent, you leader, you person of influence, we have to do something. Amen. Yeah, definitely. So the stat that I, I wrote down, so there was a 2018 British study on um, young people and basically uh, young people being teenagers, and they found that um, there was a 250% increase in um, the uh, depression that they found in teens who used social media heavily and a 185% increase in um, anxiety in teens who used uh, social media heavily. So 
Um, and then, you know, and there, there, there are many, many other studies on, on adults too, which have found similar things. You know, this isn't just, this isn't just like, oh, a group of, of silly little teens who can't control themselves and, and this happens. This is like everyone, you know, like yeah. it, it is, it is not good for our minds, you know, um, is what, is what the data is telling us. So um, along with that, so I found a couple things uh, after, after I left social media. I just wanted to talk about the benefits that I experienced uh, quickly. So um, one is just, you know, my social connections are fewer, but the, the ones that I have remaining, they're higher quality, you know? Like I'm connecting more deeply uh, with, with people that are actually uh, more immediately proximate to me. So people, people who are, who are closer to me, um, I'm, I'm much closer and I'm finding it easier to sort of build out those relationships in, in a, a deeper way, you know? Um, so, and again, you know, Facebook is a great tool for being friends with lots of people, but, um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily promote the deepness of those relationships, you know? So, um, and just sort of as, a, as, a, as an add-on to that, um, one thing, I wrote this down because I just think this is sort of a funny thing. Um, I don't have to apologize for not connecting with, with um, as many people anymore. Like if, if I'm on social media and, and I run into someone at a coffee shop, I used to have to say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry we haven't connected, you know? Because when you're on social media, it literally takes two seconds to connect with someone, you know? Yeah, and, but now that I'm not on social media, I don't have to start that conversation by being like, hey, sorry, we've lost touch or, you know, sorry, I've been MIA. Because the truth is, I, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry that we've <laughs> lost touch. Yeah. Because my lack of social media, you know, it's reduced my capacity to maintain a high number of acquaintances. But that's by design. I've designed it to be that way. And, you know, it's, it's really, I'm starting to think of this now, like, it's not even useful for me to have that many connections like do i need 1200 I, I don't i don't need that you know i mean 2400 me. <laughs> oh, okay. and as much as i like myself you know and think i'm a great guy you know it's it's probably really not even that useful for them to be connected with me either like if, if we're really being honest here so I, I i think there's definitely a such thing as like too much of a good thing so um that, that's the way i'd like to to phrase that one um, another thing is I use my phone a lot less. Like I said, I'm down yeah. to like 15, 20 minutes a day. And that includes, you know, like what we talked about last week, the dating apps that I, or the dating app that I use, um, 15, 20 minutes a day. It's not, it's not very much. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then sort of as an outcome of some of those things that I've noticed, um, I have a lot more like motivation, like I'm able to get out of bed more quickly in the morning because I've actually moved my phone across the room. Um, I, because I no longer, you know, I'm no longer on my phone, you know, as I go to bed or when I wake up in the morning, I don't lay in bed for an hour in the morning, which I was doing regularly. Um, I, yes. Um, just scrolling Facebook. I mean, I don't know that. Other things. Yeah. I yeah. was doing the same thing. And so now my phone is across the room. So my alarm goes off. I have to get up and go get it you know, to, to turn the alarm off. Very nice. And, you know, um, you know, and, and, and also the screen time at night, it negatively affects your sleep. So I'm sleeping better. 
Marty's apparently not sleeping better. I don't know what's happening here. This is he awesome. has his volume all the way down, and the chimes are still going up. It just yeah, they'll get you. They want you. They will get you. Um, so anyway, so one of the last things I wanted to mention um, is that um, so Steve Jobs, who played a pivotal role in helping to create the iPhone, I, I don't. The iPhone was not Steve Jobs' idea, as many as many people have, have wrongly assumed. It was, I mean, he was, again, he's a key player in bringing it to the market, for sure. Right. Um, but it was not Steve Jobs' idea. But here, here's, here's what I think is really interesting. So the guy who did all of these exciting keynotes, you know, yeah. and millions of people are buying, hundreds of millions, that like literally billions of people are buying these phones yes. you know, every year. That man did not allow his children to not just, you know, it wasn't like he was just limiting their use of their iPhone. He didn't even allow them to have an iPhone. He didn't want them to have a smartphone in general. So they have to walk around with flip phones. The guy who created, right? Like, and, and how, much, how much of a, just like, a statement is that, right? The fact that the 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 creator of them does not allow his children to to use them and so um and now i'm assuming uh steve jobs children are are very smart and and they have done probably very well for themselves i i don't really keep up on on, on that kind of thing but um i feel like marty you've read more about steve jobs than, than i have well so so Steve Jobs specifically, that wasn't about um, that wasn't about social media. Interestingly enough, it was about electronics. It was about electronics. The negative okay. effects that that uh, showcases that research had been done that showcased the negative effects on children as they increase their use of mm -hmm. electronics, and so that was even, I, I suppose in that sense it'd be even more strict, right? So yeah. that wasn't about social media that was about the entire gamut and, right. and i think you know as we finish up here I, the things that you've said and the things that we've talked about are really exactly right and we as a civilization as a group of people and as a church have to discuss this and figure out how can we connect together um, and do so as naturally as possible and be present we are together um, if Steve Jobs didn't let his kids use iPads and use this technology for a particular purpose because it showcased the negative effects on children with the increased use of electronics that means by default there must be some positive things that come from growing up and from being present naturally with people now once again you can have manipulation mm -hmm. you can have uh you can have dysfunction with presence however i think what we're experiencing is something that we it's it, it we've opened pandora's box mm -hmm. and we have got to ask ourselves is this the direction we want to continue to head as a follower of Jesus and as a group of people who really are called to spread good news, to spread the gospel. And if we're not careful, 
we will be in big trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just, I, I just want, I, I know we just went over the hour mark here, but I just want to say again, what Marty said is, is great, it's right. And I like that you use the word, we need to discuss this. So yeah. we are not saying you have to go out. Again, we said it before, we're gonna say it again yeah. as a disclaimer. Using social media is not sin. It is not. We're not, we're not saying that it is. It we're not is, becoming fighting fundamentalists. Yes, we're not. On this topic. We're not doing that. But but we're raising questions. That That's really our intent here. Our intent is to raise questions. And um, just because I got rid of social media again doesn't mean you have to. But, but at least ask yourself that question. Like, un honestly answer it if you can. Yeah. You know, is my use of social media healthy for me and my community so what we'd love to do is you to participate in this conversation if you wouldn't mind emailing us or you can go on youtube and throw out a question or a thought about your use or on the chapman church podcast social media page once again we're just showing that we're not anti well i'm not um <laughs> but we we also want to continue a discussion around this and see if we can better ourselves as much as possible. That's what, all the time we got for today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, please, I feel bad saying subscribe. <laughs> subscribe to our podcast. Like a dirty word. Now. Right. Yeah. Subscribe, review, share it, and uh, or just tell people about it. Word of mouth. How about that? Yeah. And uh, hey, this has been good news. Did I say that right? That's been our good news for today. Now go and give some out.